Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. The following podcast contains explicit language. Okay, this might have to be a sugar day. But we're so close to being done with the pilot. Just hang in there. All right. Then I'm going to need some pirate's booty. Gluten-free and sugar-free. Perfect. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career in friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll talk about why it's so vital to trust your instincts. Then we'll answer a listener question about the financial burden of being an artist. And Sarah, I have a hit this week. I'm very excited to hear it. I have a bomb. I have a lack of gratitude bomb. Mm, interesting. <laughs> And finally, we'll share a Hollywood hack that will get your hands dirty. But first, an update. Sarah, we got this note on our Facebook group. Rebecca wrote, So, I'm really wishing I took your advice from an earlier episode to get an updated headshot. I don't work in the entertainment industry. I'm a mechanical engineer, so I didn't think this advice was all that applicable to me. Well, I've been asked at the last minute to be a mentor in an event that is like career speed dating for female high school students, a very exciting opportunity. Guess what I need to send the organizers? A headshot. So I had to crop an embarrassingly dated photo of myself. And this weekend, I'm planning to get a real professional headshot and keep it on file for the next time. It just goes to show that you never know when you'll need a headshot. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I just want to say this is not the first letter we've gotten about this. We get no. this letter regularly. This yes. one happens to be from Rebecca. But it's like we get, this is a repeated yes. theme in our inbox. And so we thought we would say once again, get a headshot. Yes. And look, it doesn't have to be really expensive. You don't have to do a full shoot. I mean, if nothing else, get your hair blown out or, you know, trimmed if you're a man. Um, <laughs> if you're Mary, you can cut your own hair. We yes. just found out today she does that yeah, brilliantly. Assistant cuts her own hair. <laughs> um, put on a little makeup and take a really great photo on portrait mode with your iPhone 10 or with a friend's iPhone 10, which yes. has amazing, uh, an amazing camera. Or you can, you know, you can have a professional shoot. Yeah. Or just one year when I had Violet's, um, when we did our like family 
holiday photo shoot, I said, just do one of me alone. Yes. And then I had my headshot. Yes, yes. So you guys, get your headshot. Trust us, you're going to need it. And when you need it, you need it. You don't have two weeks to plan. No, you need it right away. All right, Liz, now it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches this week. And this week, it is trust your instincts. Yes, we've had some experience with this lately (laughs) and for the last 20 years. (laughs) Not doing it and doing it. Um, So what makes this kind of foremost in our minds this week is that we've been editing our pilot. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, we're locking. Yes, the fix for ABC. Yay. Um, And... For all of, for much of writing and prep and shooting, we kept having people tell us, it's going to be long, it's going to be long, it's coming in timed long, there are too many scenes, it's going to be long. Yeah. And one thing to explain in television, you don't want to shoot too much because that's money that you didn't need to spend, that you could have spent on something else if it ends up on the cutting room floor. And if you have to cut too much, sometimes your story doesn't make sense anymore. But you have to get to a certain time. Right. Every pilot that you turn in has to be, I think it's 42 minutes and 22 seconds. Mm -hmm. And it's totally inflexible. It has to be exactly 42 minutes and 22 seconds. And if you, like one scene can cost $50,000 to shoot or more. Yeah. So if you just cut it, if it's on the cutting room floor, that's $50,000 down the drain. Um, So we really... We took a lot of pressure. There was a lot of um, just pressing and pushing and and cajoling, yes, to cut stuff, to um, well, to cut, to cut, to cut cut and cut scenes, cut cut page length, and we kept saying, no, this is not going to be long. We feel like this is the right length. If we cut any more, we're going to be short. It's going to play fast. You know, we just kept saying that and sort of trying to, like, put our arms around the script and protect it from (laughs) people's scissors. (laughs) Um, All the way into the process. Oh, into the last day of shooting, people were trying to get us to cut scenes. And um, a very important scene was we we had a giant sort of on-set meeting about how we didn't have time to shoot the scene and the, the... the cut was going to be long, and uh, we wouldn't use it anyway. And we were like, one, this is the most important scene, or one of the... There are a lot of important scenes in this <laughs> script. It's, you know, one of the most important scenes. It's going to be an amazing scene. It's a gorgeous scene. It's an and act And it's break. an act break, and we're not cutting it. Um, and we shot it, and it is the act break, and it's everyone, literally everyone who's seen it is like, oh, my God, that's a great scene. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is sort of a congratulating ourselves. Yes, patting ourselves <laughs> on the back because what we should say is we're locking today. Yeah. It's 4222. Yep. And we have only cut, I believe, well, we've cut two scenes, mm-hmm. neither for length, both yeah. just because creatively um, they just didn't work, which yeah. always happens. I yep. mean, that's one reason in a pilot you need some extra stuff. You don't know exactly, like, the tone of the show and how it's all going to play, and sometimes scenes just end up not working. Yeah, you want a certain flow, and if you don't have that flow, you remove something. Yeah. Um, and and short, nothing, nothing long or significant. Um, so this time, we're not always right. This time, we trusted our instincts and fought for our instincts. 
And we were right. Yeah. But Sarah, I mean, this is just about the length of a script. I yeah. mean, trusting your instincts is obviously way bigger. I mean, Much we're bigger. We're bringing it down to a very tiny thing that we've been dealing with lately. That's been <laughs> looming large in our life. <laughs> yeah. But like with people, you've got yes. to trust your instincts, like who you work with. Yeah. I mean, we have found, and I'm sure our listeners have probably found this as well, if we have an instinct that someone is not a good person— um, we're usually right. Yes. Very rare. I mean, I can't even think of a time when we thought someone was like not a great person and then it's turned out, oh, we were totally wrong. They're wonderful. I can't think of one time that there, we were wrong. And sometimes it'll be months. Well, let me let me amend that. I can't think of a time um, when neither one of us thought that and and were wrong. Like there have been times when we've had a meeting with someone and one of us has been cool with them and the other person has been like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't think there's ever. Right. A time when we both thought someone was. No, a time. I'm just saying, like, there have been times when, like, I have been fine with someone, for example. Right. And you've been like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Yeah. I was wrong. (laughs) Yeah. No, we don't always both get it. Right. But But if if one one of us us does. does, That's the nice thing about being a team. It sort of doubles your instincts. Yeah, it does. Um, But, you know, it's like. You know, I mean, your your brain might try to overwhelm your um, gut, yeah. But your gut is usually right, yeah. Well, this is a whole. Um, Marsha Clark is friends with Gavin De Becker, and I read his book. Um, what is it called? The something about fear. Eh, anyway, the and gift of fear. The gift oh. of fear. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I read his book, The Gift of Fear, when it came out years and years ago and found it so profound. But it's basically about how, you know, our instincts evolved for a reason, for our safety and our survival, and we should listen to them. And some of them are literally like just like a tingly feeling. Mm -hmm. And some of them, like with the pilot, it's an instinct that we have now because we've honed it over years and years and years of knowing how our scripts come out and pacing and how we edit and that kind of thing. Right. but it's like we have these instincts for a reason, and we should not ignore them. Yeah, and in the sort of realm of what Gavin De Becker's talking about, a lot of times women want to be polite, yeah. and so they um, ignore their instincts in favor of being polite, and yeah. that's not a good idea. It's no. like if you are uncomfortable in an elevator, someone comes in, get out. Yeah, I had this happened to me at the gas station the other day. It was oh. like night. Uh-huh. I pulled into the gas station that I always go to, and there was a guy standing with a gas can by a pump, and then on another pump in front of him was a guy on a motorcycle and neither one of them was really doing anything and oh. i was like i like pulled in i sat there i looked at them i sat there and then i said you know what my gut is telling me like they're not up to any good like that i'm gonna get out the guy's gonna run up like grab my purse and then jump on that motorcycle and get out of here so i just drove off and went to a different gas station good for you yeah i was like you know what would gavin de becker do that's right you know i that's really good because i just saw a thing on the news that there's a uh like a kind of crime ring happening at gas stations when people are pumping they'll open the driver's side yes. door grab their purse yes. and then drive off i think i had seen that which yeah. you know informed again uh-huh. informed my instincts wow uh but i mean i think you said something really important sarah which is that 
you know, your instincts should come, I mean, in the work realm from experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're 20 years old, you don't have the instincts that a 40-year-old's going to have, most right. likely. You don't want to bet hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> right. necessarily on yeah. on the instinct that your script's not going to be long. But you will hone them over time. And yeah. when you get to that point, listen to yourself. And sometimes it's hard because it's standing up to someone. Yeah. Um, but you're usually going to be right. And so, you know, yeah. stand up for yourself. And I would say that we have never regretted things that we have fought for. Mm. But we have regretted things that we have not fought for. Haven't we, though? Yeah. Many so. times. Lesson to us. Trust our instincts and trust your instincts. And let us know if there's a time you've trusted your instincts and we're glad you did. Or the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Send us an email or a voice memo. Our email address is happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Next up, we have a listener question, but first an ad break. I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Okay, Sarah, now it's time for a listener question. Lizzie asked, I'm an actor and I was previously living my life as a starving artist and doing everything I could to keep a flexible schedule, go to acting class and do every possible acting opportunity that came my way. I made it work, but I was not able to save any money or pay my student loans, racked up about 2000 in credit card debt, and put on weight because I was stressed out all the time. I decided this year I would do behind-the-scenes work on myself in order to have a healthy acting career in the future because I'm in this for the long haul. I got a job at a mortgage company to pay off my debt, have started eating healthy and exercising to take off the extra weight, and I also have a checklist of things I want before jumping back into the acting world again so I can be ready when opportunities arise, i.e. new headshots, a website, a savings account goal, etc. This is going to take a while to accomplish, and I've made peace with it, but there is not a day that goes by where I feel like I'm not wasting time. Every single day of sitting in my cubicle doing paperwork feels like an existential crisis. I feel like a failure, and I feel like if I were a real actor, I would have kept on living the actor life even though it wasn't working. Deep down, I feel like I'm making the right decision because it was impossible for me to put out good work when my mind was constantly worrying if I had enough money to buy food, but this doesn't feel good either. Do you have any advice for me getting through this tough time, or do you think I'm wasting my time? 
I'm reaching out to you both because no one around me seems to understand. Everyone tells me to just do acting as a hobby, and my family is quite pleased that I'm finally making the right decisions. I feel like nobody understands. Oh, the artist's life is a tough one. It is. But, I mean, I just want to say, Lizzie, I think you're doing the right thing. And I don't think you're a failure at all. I think you're laying the groundwork for a successful career in a very intelligent, thoughtful way. Um, And you sound super smart and like you have your shit together. So well done. Very mindful about the process of getting her stuff in order. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, what we're going to recommend to you, Lizzie, is Jenna Fisher's book, um, which is called The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide. She was on our show in episode 27. You should also listen to her interview. Yes. But read this book. Read it. Because she talks about exactly the things that you're talking about. And I think it'll make you feel much more understood and like you are, you know, part of a community, even if you don't know everyone in your community, they're out there. And she had office jobs and, you know, she made compromises and all of these things. It's it's part of it's just part of that life. I mean, what I would say, if you feel like you're wasting your time, which I completely understand, is there any way that you can, you know, keep on this path to ready yourself to make acting your full time pursuit? But can you keep it in your life in the meantime? Right. Well, like Matt, our agent, Uh says that your job is what you do from nine to six or whatever, and your career is what you do from seven to 12. Yeah. Now, we know everyone needs sleep, so maybe it doesn't have to be seven (laughs) to 12. But like, when can you set aside those times and still focus on acting? Yeah. So that you don't feel like you're completely ignoring your, um, you know, your calling while you're on this path. Uh, Because, you know, the other thing that you, one word of caution, I would say that you don't want to have happen is that you, because this does happen to people, you start on this path thinking, well, I'm just going to get my act together and then go back to what I love. And then you end up staying there for 20 years. And suddenly you're working at a mortgage company, which isn't even a job you ever would have chosen if you weren't going to do acting. So, you know, be careful. Don't let yourself get too comfortable there. Well, and that's why I think her list is such a good idea. Yes. And I would say have a time frame for your list. Yes. Like, I'm going to have my headshots by September. Yeah. Uh, you know, know how long you want to be there and then break down your list according to kind of when you want to transition into the more focused on acting phase. Yes. And I will say, I don't know where Lizzie lives, but if you don't live in New York or L.A., you should. (laughs) This is true. This is true. And mostly, don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Like, as with all things, the best thing we can do is be kind to ourselves and and be honest about where we are right now and and know where you want to be. If you know where you want to be and you take steps to get there, you'll get there. Yeah, and find people who support you because it's really hard when people don't support you. It's really hard to keep going. And then when you're done reading Jenna Fisher's book, read it again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Sarah, now it's time for Hits and Bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And Sarah, you have a bomb this week. I have a bomb that I'm really ashamed of. What happened? Um, Okay, so... I found myself being just, like, super crabby one morning this week as I was getting Violet ready for school. You know, I've talked about how I have my morning list and I have to do all these things on the list. And it's a lot of things to do in a very compressed time. Um, 
And as I was going through my list, nothing was where it usually is. It was like the sippy cups were in the cabinet, but they didn't have all the pieces. So I couldn't find the pieces to put them in her lunchbox. And the stool wasn't where it usually is. So I couldn't get the thing from the top shelf. And it just was like this sort of spiraling, like nothing was where it was supposed to be thing. And I was getting really peevish about it. (laughs) Um, And then I realized that the reason nothing was where it was supposed to be was because my aunt is in town. Mm. She's here because I asked her to come to help me with childcare during the post phase of the pilot. She like gave up her whole life to come here for a month. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Pretty nice, right? And like Nothing is where it's supposed to be because she doesn't actually live in my house, but she's doing all the work. She's doing the laundry. She's doing the dishes. She's doing the cook. Like, she's doing so much in my house, and these, like, stupid little minor conveniences were making me super frustrated. And it was like, wait a minute. Think about about why this is happening. It's like it's because she's working so hard and trying so hard for you, for me to make my life easier. So anyway, I felt like an asshole. Well, this is interesting because recently on Happier, the podcast I co-host with my sister, Gretchen Rubin, I gave myself a demerit, (laughs) a happiness demerit, because I was not following our mantra of Treat, don't treat a gift like a burden. Yes. So I was doing something oh. very similar, which was feeling very burdened by the work of our pilot and uh-huh. crabby about it. and ang- <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And like angry and <laughs> ah, instead of going, oh, my God, all I want in life. Right. Aside from, you know, the happiness and health of my family and friends, <laughs> is to get a show on the air. Yeah. And here is my chance. I'm doing a pilot. This is a gift. A this good is pilot. not a burden. Right. Yes, a great pilot. Yeah. Um, and so I had the exact same like check, you yeah. know, where I was like, Oh my God, I'm I'm completely acting wrong here. Right. Now, I will say just to not be too hard on ourselves, we are, like, (laughs) under an enormous amount of stress. We are. And sometimes when you're stressed, you know, it comes out. Yeah. And I'm sure Jean understands. Yes. Your Aunt Jean. She does. She's been amazing. And (laughs) and I I did one thing that I hope will um, make amends for Mm. my... um, behavior. Um, I got her tickets. She loves Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> and he happens to be playing in L.A. while she's here. Oh, so perfect. So I got her and a friend tickets to Gordon Lightfoot. So Okay, so that's good. That's my apology. <laughs> well, that's that good. and trying not to be a total jerk for the rest of the time that she's here. Yes, I want to know. <laughs> so since you had this revelation, yeah. have you... Um, have you cut down on the crabbiness? I have cut down on the crabbiness. And I should also say she wasn't there when I was being crabby. Okay. She was like in her room. Okay, good. <laughs> and I was like stomping around the kitchen like, where's the thing? You know. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like I was crabbing at her, but I, uh, it was just not right. Well, um, we'll do know, better. You've atoned. <laughs> With Gordon Lightfoot. All right. So that's my bomb. Liz, shame me with your hit. Okay. Well, I have to say this hit isn't for me. It's not something great I did, Uh so I can't really shame you with it. Oh, that's Um, good. If it were something great I did, I would shove it down your throat. (laughs) 
but it's not. Um, it's actually for Liz Dolan. And oh. Liz is the co-host of a podcast called Safe for Work, which I love about sort of how to deal with the workplace and your career. And uh-huh. It's fantastic. And she's also a satellite sister. Um, and, you know, love we the both love the sisters. Satellite Sisters. They're a group of sisters who have a podcast and have had a radio show forever, and they're wonderful. Um, but Liz recently was on Happier uh, with Gretchen and me, and we were talking about work, um, and she had a mantra that really struck a chord with me. Uh-huh. I mean, I have been talking about it ever since, like, several times a day. You have. <laughs> so I needed to share it with our listeners. Yes. And her mantra is strong, calm, kind. And that that's what she tries to be at work. Strong, calm, kind. And this is a woman, by the way, who is, was like the head of marketing for Nike. You know, I mean, she's had a huge job. Yeah. She was like the head of marketing at OWN. I mean, she has done it all. And so she says to be strong, calm, and kind. And I said to her when she said that, oh, my God, I feel like I'm usually weak, hysterical, and mean. <laughs> you know. Uh, <clears throat> But she said, well, just try to be two of the three. She right. said if she can be two of the three on any given day, she feels good about herself. Sorry. <laughs> Stop laughing at weak, hysterical, and me. I know. <laughs> well, the funny thing is when she said this, I'm like, you realize I'm, at this moment I was wearing my hysterical female T-shirt. Uh, but you know I get hysterical. Yeah, but you're not mean at all. I can be weak. mean. I can absolutely be mean. I, well, let's put it this way. I can be not kind. Right. Okay. So there's a difference. I'm not me. I'm not out there like insulting people. (laughs) Yes. But I can be short. I can be clipped. Uh I can be passive aggressive. I can be um, impatient, unsatisfied. (laughs) This is what I love. I love when you go, oh, oh. Uh, (laughs) Anything that starts with oh. Oh, really? (laughs) I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I can be not kind. But I was just like, and I've been saying to myself, just stay strong, calm, calm and kind. kind. And honestly, if I could just be calm, I, I would be happy. <laughs> you know, I really would. Because if you're calm, then the other things come more easily. Well, that's really true. You know, it's yeah. when you lose that calm. It's like Sean Ryan, Ugh. our old boss who created The Shield, he is so calm yes. at all times. He has an impenetrable calm. Yeah, I mean, it's like his his hair, he doesn't have hair, but if he had hair and it was on fire, he would just be like, well, this is a situation that needs to be dealt with. <laughs> you know, he's so calm. Yeah. <laughs> and that is my dream in life, yeah. is to maintain that, where people then feel they can turn to you for, like, steady guidance. Right. No, some people want the calm of the Buddha. We want the calm of Sean Ryan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that is my hit. Um, it's for Liz Dolan, and everybody also should check out her podcast, Safe for Work and Satellite Sisters, um, both of which I subscribe to. I think we should put that up on our whiteboard in our office under Don't Treat a Gift Like a Burden. Yeah. Those can be our two guiding principles. Yes. And um, relentlessly entertaining and expand because we just keep adding mantras. (laughs) All right. Next up, a deliciously dirty Hollywood hack. But first, an ad break. 
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for this week's Dirty Hollywood Hack, and it comes from you, so please explain. Okay, it's dirty and delicious, I hope. Mm. Um, I'm so excited about this hack. I just got at my house an elevated cedar raised bed. For sleeping? (laughs) For for gardening. Oh, okay. (laughs) For the garden. Okay, so... Everybody probably knows about raised beds, you know, for gardening because you see them and, you know, all over. It's like a box that you plant things in. Yes. Okay. But this is an elevated raised bed. Okay. So it's higher than the usual raised bed. So you can stand and do your gardening. Well, that's huge. It's amazing. So it's like for Violet, it's kind of right at you know, chest level and she can get right in there and do all the gardening. And um, And for me, I don't have to bend down. Um, and it's beautiful. I got an eight by two raised bed, which is, I think it's like 14 cubic feet. You'd think it would be 16 cubic feet, yeah. but I think it says 14 cubic feet of like gardening space. For I mean, I'm going to plant so much stuff. And I feel like, especially when you have a young kid, mm. having a garden is such a great thing because they really engage with, like, where food comes from. And also, it's so much tastier when it's fresh. Right. And everybody says that when kids grow vegetables, then they want to eat them. Yes. Because they feel like they're, oh, this is so fun. I pull out a carrot and then I go eat it. Yeah. So it it ups the nutrition. Yes. Like we, for a couple years, I didn't have a garden because of the drought. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just didn't want to use the water. But now things seem to be evening out here in California. Um, So this year I'm, I'm going deep with the garden. And it's so nice because when I did have one, she would just go by the snap peas mm. and grab a bunch of snap right. peas and eat those for a snack. Wow. Um, or grab a leaf of kale and just chomp down on it. So I'm very excited for Violet to sort of have access to that really healthy food. And how did you do that? I mean, did you go to Home Depot? I mean, what where, what's the origin of this? I ordered it from cedar. gardeners.com. They have okay. lots of different sizes. You can get them anywhere. So they deliver it? They do. Of course, I have the best handyman in the world. So I didn't actually put it together or put the dirt in. My, my, my handyman, Darden, did that. Thank you, Darden. Um, and, you know, then you just go to a nursery and you can get seeds or you can get plants that are already, you know, semi-grown mm. oh, and wow. just plant those. Wow. Yeah. So it's so easy to get a garden started. Well, you need to put a picture of this on Instagram. I Hashtag will do that. happier in Hollywood. I will. 
Um, and by the way, I keep hearing that this Flemish giant rabbit you're buying eats an enormous amount of food. I don't know if you realize that. So are you going to, like, grow rabbit food? Well, they do like vegetables. They can't eat all vegetables. Um, but I think it's like, I think I'm going to have to get, like, 50-pound bags of hay. Oh, wow. Alfalfa hay, hay and, yeah, different kinds of hay. Wow. It's going to be like a farm at my house, Liz. By the way, my mom had a friend growing up who would um, shoot rabbits in her garden with a BB gun because (laughs) rabbits do like to go in and eat things in your garden. See, now I'm growing a garden for my rabbit and my child. Next Um, is chickens. Oh, God. (laughs) Now, Sarah, you may not know this, but my fantasy self, you know, I always talk about my fantasy self versus my real self. Uh My fantasy self gardens. That is something that I really want to do. I wish our listeners could see my face. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. For all the reasons you mentioned, I think it would be such a nice thing to do with Jack. Yeah. I think it'd be great for all of us. I think we'd all eat more vegetables if we gardened. Um, So we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you've inspired me and I'm going to go do this. (laughs) But I aspire to. I actually think this is something your real self could totally do from your fantasy self. Okay. Because it's really not that hard. I know. I'm 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 pondering this. I'm gonna hook you up with Darden. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. Thanks to the awesome ad team at Panoply. Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, for helping us juggle the insanity that is our lives right now. Sorry if we have been unkind (laughs) at any time. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at sfane and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So, Sarah, we saw Mary at like 10 o'clock last night, and she had one haircut. And she came in this morning at 9 a.m. with a completely new haircut. I know. And I was like, Mary, how in the world did you find time to go to a hair salon? And And she she says... I cut my own hair. And it's like a real cut, like bangs. Like blunt like, bangs. Yes, and it looks fantastic. Amazing. This must be a millennial skill. <laughs>